And we're back. Welcome back to another Practice Makes Perfect podcast. This is episode 17. We want to thank all of you folks for downloading this one here, vibing in with us, checking in with us. This is our weekly uh, uh, content piece that we've been bringing to you guys, of course, live on Twitch. This week is a special week. We're just getting back from some travels uh, from North. I was about to say uh, North Central University. That's that's where we were, but we were inside the heart of Minneapolis and Minnesota. It was it was such an, an excellent weekend. So great. In fact, I got to meet our guest who's on today. You might see him inside the title here. Uh, Mr. Grant Diamond, also known as the preacher guy online. We'll intro him in just a moment here. But before we get there, of course, we got John Rush on the buttons this week. Of course, doing what he does, man. Giving us the good old live production. What's up, John? Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, and just remember, you know, WK is not just a, a game strategy. It's a way of life. That's right. That's right. And, and again, we really genuinely appreciate you all. Don't forget to leave a little uh, little rating on the podcast, right? It helps this thing be, get discovered week to week. But let's go ahead and give the floor. Let's give a floor to our guests. We got Mr. Grant Diamond in the building, a.k.a. the Preacher Guy. And I, I'm going to say your name a lot. I love your name. I didn't know you were so good. Name. It just rolls so nice, Preacher. Hey, uh, uh, you know what? This is—I didn't realize what a big moment this was going to be—that that we're doing the full name reveal for my stream. So I love it because it is a great name, and it's been closely guarded. And I'm very, very pleased. It's—it's it's funny though because like people have been like, because my Instagram—I um, have like a personal Instagram. It's under my personal name, and uh, and I post like personal and gaming content over there. And people have been like creeping on that, like from the gaming community. They've been kind oh, of finding it, trickling uh, in. They've been trickling in. So I've been like, I should probably just like pull the pull the lid off and so it's wonderful yeah my name is grant diamond chat nice to meet you don't ever call me by my real name though chat all right we're not, we're not <laughs> tight like that we're not tight like that okay still preach to you guys all right but uh i actually yeah, love yeah. that i love that you know there, there's a lot of streamers that will kind of break that fourth wall but not not preacher right we're gonna we're gonna make sure we keep that one up it, he's he's very much a man who um has built his online persona around not only his beliefs but uh more importantly i think his way of life and and we're going to get into Preacher Guy's journey on the platform and, of course, get to know him a little bit more because I think it's important that um, as we bring guests onto the podcast, you guys get to know a little bit about them before we even dive into the topics that we're going to talk about. Um, as you all know, this podcast here is all about just general esports discussion, business development, and just, just you know, whatever's going on in, in our different walks of life week to week. So with that... um. Preacher guy, let's let's go ahead and give you the floor. I mean, it's pretty clear. You have the word preach in your name. It might have to do something with how you got to where you are, but I don't want to speak on your behalf. I want you to speak to the folks listening. There's going to be a lot of new listeners here. Let them know about yourself, your content, and how you got to where you are today. Oh, hey, what's good, practice server community? Javier, thank you so much, man, for the invite, and uh, so good to hang out with you. Uh, I've already got some people in my chat saying that you're cute, so I don't know. You know, it's, it was like uh, kind of first, like, yo, Javier, <laughs> kind of cute, though, is, is, is right here in my chat, so congrats. They don't call me cute. They usually just like, <laughs> they usually just talk about just how not good I look every night, you know, and something's off, so so you should feel honored. But uh, yeah, my name is uh, Preacher Guy. And, um, well, I'll just give you my intro. Every time somebody follows my stream, I say the same thing. Every time I say, my name is Preacher Guy. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to inspire you. I'm here to play some occasionally cracked out games at Apex Legends. And uh, that's what I've been doing from day one. I'm a Battle Royale Apex streamer. And uh, I love, for me, I've always said I love people. So video games are great. You know, gaming is cool. Uh, I love playing video games. What I really love is people. And what I love about Twitch, the reason I got into Twitch is, is I just saw it was such a cool opportunity to have conversations with people, to build a community of people, 
And uh, yeah, for me, like I, I am a, a Christian uh, IRL and, and uh, express that virtually in every stream. And for me, my faith as a Christian is really, uh, Jesus made it really simple. Uh, he was asked what the greatest commandment was. And he said, love God, love people. And so for me, it's like when I'm streaming, that's the energy I try to bring, you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm trying to love God and love people. And, um, and you know, when, when I'm duking on kids in Apex, that's the energy, you know, I'm trying to. I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to destroy him in the game and bless him in real life. You feel me? It's kind of like it's a it's a little a little mix and match. And we built a great community, like you said, Twitch partner. I went full time back in March. Uh, I was a COVID streamer. Started during COVID. So uh, wow. shout out, shout out anybody that's gonna listen to this podcast that was a COVID streamer. Um, you know, if 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 another pandemic happened as a streamer, I wouldn't complain. You know, it was it was a good time. It's a good time to make content. Uh everybody shut up inside and and no sports are going on, no competition. Uh if we could bring back those government checks, Javier, man, I, those, <laughs> uh, a lot of those government checks went into gifted subs, man. I'm just like like a lot of those government checks. Yes, sir. We're getting we're, get, we're getting turned into gifteds. And so uh yeah, as a COVID streamer and I did it as a side hustle for uh for uh a little over a year and then went full-time six months ago and uh now we're here now we're here that's that's very very uh admirable for sure your your journey to get to where you are and uh john i really wanted to give you the floor i know a lot of this can resonate with kind of your uh walk within this space as well right you you definitely wear a, a multiple of hats and and you follow um very much closely i think a lot of what, what preachers uh spitting out here yeah i mean i met um I met Grant, um, I mean, it must have been on Twitter, right, Grant? Um, and yeah, we met on Twitter, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in DM, I think. I think I DM'd you. Like, like I slid in your DMs, you know? Like, I, yeah. I was kind of aware of you, and then I slid in your DMs. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, my, a bit of my story uh, as to why I mess with Grant is because most of my life, the majority of Christians are some of my least favorite people I've ever met. They're mean and bad at what they do. That's been my life experience. <laughs> and uh, the reality is there's a lot of people that, you know, in, in every walk of life, but certainly on Twitch, that, that profess the values that Grant is talking about, but they don't profess the artistry that I think co coincides with, with the, the real values, you know? So if, if, Christian, if God is real and he invented watermelons and mountains and designed the way that um, a kiss feels and, and orchestrated everything with the way that our brain synapses fire. Um, man, I got to believe that he wouldn't like content that sucks or people that can't work hard. And Grant makes good content. He works hard and he's good to people. Um, and we, we have a lot of the same shared value. So I was like, I, I mess with this guy. Let's go. And we met up, Stop you know, to make me act up talking about the God who designed the way a kiss feels. <laughs> you kind of make me act. I'm about to have to cancel and, and head inside. Man, my wife's like right, right in the right on the other side of the wall, my man. I, I, I haven't heard the good Lord described in that way, but you're right. The God who created the way that a kiss feels. W, I'm about hey, it. Yeah. I just cannot stand, you know, growing up, uh, Javier, I don't know if, if you ever heard people say this. People would. People would tell me, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Like, don't say, oh, my God. That's and, right. And when, 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 when the way I see it is I'm like, every time someone puts Christian on something that sucks, they're taking the, the Lord's name in vain way more than freaking anybody. Or oh. any time that somebody is, is being, like, horrible to people and they're putting God's name on that's that's taking the Lord's name in vain. So when I see preacher guy, I assumed he sucked, but that was pleasantly surprised because uh, <laughs> he goes hard. Yeah, no, and, and again, I got to I got to meet you this uh, this past weekend as well. Uh, 
awesome guy. I can, you know, he's got the monster seal of approval, y'all. So trust, go ahead and make sure uh, for all of y'all that, that got to catch the quick uh, one, two, 60 second breakdown on who he is. Check him out. He's got awesome content across all platforms. And, and when I met you, Javier, I got to tell you, I already told you this in person. So chat and, uh, and podcast listeners, I know you guys know Javier, but this guy dropped. I was in a session that he did this week and we were at this conference together and uh, Javier dropped. In, in our stream, we say like this, one of the biggest joystick, like big joystick energy lines I've ever heard. <laughs> big joystick energy. He was doing this teaching on business and how you build your business. And is it okay if I share this, just this line? Yeah, it, no, absolutely. And Javier, you know, the business for, for my my chat, if you don't know Practice Server, they uh, they organize, uh, among other things, they organize and run esports tournaments at the highest levels across a lot of different games. And Javier started out as a caster. And literally the way he explained this is big joystick energy right here. Javier was like teaching this to, to, to this room. And he's like, basically what I realized is they were paying me to like cast the tournament. But then I realized they're spending a lot of other money to run the tournament. And I had this moment of realizing, why don't I just run the whole thing? That way I don't just get paid to past it, cast it. I also get paid to run it. And I, right. I heard that out of here. I was like, that's the energy, man. Like that right. is, that, that is big joystick energy that like that, that that's that energy that like helps you build things like when you see that inefficiency and when you just see that opportunity and you don't settle I, I just feel like like the difference between people who really win you know consistently in life and don't so much of it is just expectation and i loved in that javier that you had the expectation i'm not just going to settle for being a caster like like i like, i'm thinking about um the gene uh, i don't know I, I i saw a great tiktok about this the other day about like uh like kanye fans right now and how you have to introduce if you're gonna talk about kanye but it's like the genius documentary on uh netflix about early kanye right like like early days kanye how i talked about how he wasn't content to just be a producer he was crazy successful at being a producer but he always wanted to be a rapper always wanted to be a rapper and so i just think there was something in your energy that like i was just like so fired up by your session javier in my own world of just being like, man, I got to just not settle for like being good at this. I, I got to keep looking for like, man, how much more is available to me if I, if I just go after it. And so I just, I had to celebrate that. Cause I just thought that was such a good teaching from you of just saying like, just having that vision, you know, of like, yeah, yeah like, like I'm doing this, but why don't I do the whole thing? Why don't I try? I, I, why and and I thank you, thanks for sharing that. Right. Because you know, if you didn't bring it up, I wouldn't have brought it up. And maybe that's not something um, someone in the chat has heard or one of our listeners has heard. And I want to give you, let's just talk about that a little bit more here. We can segue here really nicely. Um, let's think about that for a second. Why Why be complacent, you know, in your position in life? I think the the best leaders and the, the you know, the most successful leaders in our space are, are those that don't settle. Um, you continue to layer on. And I think I know more, or I've learned so much over the over the years of uh, not settling and continue to layer onto myself. So I'm uh, who I am today. I'm not or will not be tomorrow. Right? I will continue to grow yeah. who I am this year. I was not last year, right? And that, that's really how I even got to casting and, and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, yeah, you know, Grant saw me up there. I didn't. Even, I don't even think I took a seat. I was like, man, I'm standing for this one. And I stood up and I delivered everything I had to deliver in that in that in that little private seminar there. And it was it was good, man. I'm happy I got to uh, to speak to you, and and you got to be uh, you you were able to pick something up from that. That was really awesome. Um, for anyone that was there, 
we see the the photos here from the Minnesota pop up. Uh, uh, John, are you showing these off right now for the yeah, live show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, ladies and gents, uh, for the listeners, go to Twitter. There's going to be tons of content being posted all week. But yeah, these these are photos from the weekend that were there, of course, for y'all listening. You can't see it, but I mean, I even came out in a blazer. Y'all know me. I didn't even wear a hat. I wasn't even in uniform. I was in real Javier mode. It wasn't, it wasn't Monster D face mode. It was Javier on the stage speaking to my life experiences and our and our past experiences. So it was it was really, really cool. And uh, that kind of takes us into what brought us out to, to Minnesota. Let's talk about that, John, because uh, you orchestrated something super, super special. I wouldn't have been there if it weren't for you, John Rush. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, again, even if you guys are correlating anything, you know, it's about the people that you, you associate yourself with. It, it goes so far away. You know, I, I heard growing up all the time, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I think that this just it's, it's true. And so being around people like Grant, being around people like Javier, making these connections, it, it will ultimately it will culminate. If you're around winners, you're going to win because real winners won't tolerate people who won't win. Real dreamers won't tolerate people. And one of the opportunities that I had this year is there's a college in uh, in the, the middle of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, that um, uh, was very impacted by COVID-19, as well as the riots involving George Floyd. They were actually the, the, the place that, um, that performed um, the funeral. That's where the Floyd family decided to host the funeral of, of, right. of George Floyd. And so very much so at the epicenter, right there downtown, it really impacted their, um, as you can imagine, their student enrollment um, uh, because of COVID, because of uh, the danger that ensued. And so in the midst of needing to um, uh, want to continue to reach people um, s- through a series of conversations that they could tell the story better, they realized they needed to launch a collegiate esports program. And they went all in. And I went from them post- seeing, a tweet, uh, seeing a tweet about it and being tagged in it, them flying down to my offices here in North Carolina uh, twice in the span of three months, to them saying, hey, we want to host an event, a summit. Um, we want to bring the best minds in content creation, esports, innovation, um, uh, character development and bring people um, up there and really start something. So year one, it was great. And so um, I had to call on the best of the best and my boys. And so uh, Monster was kind enough to come up there and be a part um, as, as was uh, Grant. And uh, we got to tour their esports facility. Uh, it was wild. It was one of the best weekends of my life, to be honest. And, and just for context, guys, I know I do a lot of professional commentary and stuff like that, but I've never been asked to go speak you know, in a seminar, in a public setting about things that I want to chat about. So, I mean, I think I found uh, just another another small passion that, that might be something that we could we could latch onto and build off of. And I guess it's kind of true, right? Because at the at the peak of my commentary career, I mean, like you said, the pandemic hit. So, like, I didn't have chances to ever get to do this. But that doesn't mean we ever stopped working, right? Practice Server was launched right before the pandemic, and, and we kind of went all the way. And you heard Grant's testimony here. I mean, he picked up streaming right around that time as well. So, um, uh, you know, uh, shout out to anyone that was able to overcome the tough times uh, now that we're kind of out the, out the back bend here. But there was so much of growth that also happened amongst the, the turmoil that was, of course, the, uh, everything going into lockdown. And yeah, I, I wish I could thank all the sponsors from SCU. I don't have all of them on hand, but shout out to all the folks from NCU that actually um, put together the the event. Because while we were there, they also had a, a moment where we thanked all the sponsors individually and stuff like that. Um, 
Grant, let, let's kick it off with your experience, man. Talk to us about the weekend. What'd you think about yeah, being being able to get out and speak in front of some some, you know, new and probably familiar faces alike? Man, I thought it was so fun. Um, you know, I was telling my stream last night about I don't think I even told John about this yet. I was telling him, well, you were in the room. You were in the room for this Javier for our panel. You know, I was talking to stream last night. I did it as my going live tweet last night, uh the the on Twitter. I baited it a little. I I farmed with it a little bit because it was fun. But literally, you know, probably the highlight of my experience was being at a Christian college, Christian university, you know, a, a Christian focused event and and explaining to this group of wonderful church leaders what teabagging is in video games. And, oh, my gosh. That was and, great. Javier, <laughs> I did a live react from Javier when I was at the panel and I and, and I just started talking about teabagging. Was there was there panic in, in, in that moment from you? Was it like, wow, Preach is just going to go after it, you know? I mean, listen, I'm cool, man. I get it. It was it was the other leaders, the older folk in the room were like, whoa, eyes wide open. Like, hey, we're taking it there. How are you going to, you know, tread carefully, young man? You know, <laughs> it's such a funny because it's like I think the uniqueness of what I do um, as as a believer in Christ and as someone who's very vocal about his faith is that like there is always this um, there's always this like uh, tension. I, I don't think it's tension, but a lot of people see this tension of like, how could you be a minister of the gospel and play video games? You know, is this, is this, does this, is this something that God uh, looks on favorably? You know, it's like in church growing up, there's so many people that just thought video games at best are a waste of time at worst they're a sin. And so now it's like when you're in a, when you're trying to explain things, it's kind of like, you know, I really believe in redeeming things and, and, um, and showing people like the positive side. I think most things in life are um, not like, all great or all bad usually it's what you do with it right and i think gaming is like that and so it's like you know so much of my channel is about taking like i mean we, this phrase i used earlier big joystick energy right that that is that is taking a traditional gamer phrase which i'm not going to use right now but it's taking a traditional gamer phrase that i see in every twitch chat that, that, that people use right and it's just figuring out okay well that phrase is hilarious that's a hilarious phrase like that that that's part of it's part of like that 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 masculine gamer culture but you know i don't want to say that phrase but what oh okay well maybe i could say it like this and then the same thing with like teabagging in the video game right for me as a christian i got to figure out do i have a problem with teabagging no no like i've been i've been teabagging the video games before i was a christian i've been teabagging in video games after I was a Christian, but like, is there a way that I'm going to do this that maybe is different? Right. And so for me, it's like, it, you know, like, uh, like literally some of the earliest clips that blew up on my stream would be me like teabagging a death box in apex while I pray for the guy, you know, oh, no. <laughs> like, like this was some of my earliest, like oh, viral man. content was like this preacher, like dropping bags on a death box after I, you know, after I dumpster some poor kid, but I'm like, I'm, I'm praying for him. And I'm like, Jesus said to pray for our enemies. So we're going to pray for this guy. And so, uh, yeah, I just, I, I think we're talking about the event. It, it's just, it's always fun for me to get to kind of like bring people who aren't maybe traditionally in the gaming world into gaming. And this is a big thing going on. We talk about the space, you know, like I know we were both at TwitchCon Javier and I, I think the word is, uh, this is a new word for me. So I want to make sure I, I think it's like, is it exogenic? It's that's not the word. It's like not endemic, non end. Is it, I think it's like basically non endemic brands that are trying to get yeah. the right now. That's right. So like two of the biggest sponsors at TwitchCon uh, on the floor were Wendy's and like Capital One Bank. 
These aren't gaming brands, right? This isn't Razer. It's not Logitech, right? These these are non-endemic brands, meaning these are outside brands that traditionally aren't associated with gaming, but they see the market in gaming. Hello, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 that just made $800 million in its opening weekend. And so you've got these these brands from outside of gaming now that are trying to get into gaming because they realize we need to be here. And for me, what's so cool about the event we just did is like as a Christian, you know, and as a faith guy, that that's where the, the church is playing catch up right now in gaming, you know? And I think guys like me and John and and you, Javier, you did such a good job in that environment, even though it was new for you, is, is I think what we're going to do is really show people who are non-endemic to gaming Christians and people who are like on the fringe or on the outside of gaming show them like, Hey, you know, like, like you can belong here. There's nothing like, there's some crazy stuff that happens here. Like there is anywhere, but there's a way to participate in this massive ecosystem in this massive industry um, in a way that, that you can be, you you, you can be cool with your faith and and still participate, you know? And so. And and that's kind of, that's kind of what's been missing in this, in this, kind of this whole formula right we we don't have too many positive and, and like truly positive um individuals and and honestly leaders right our, our space is just starting to be found we're just starting to figure this out and 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 brands like you said non-endemic brands i think the entire um church ecosystem communities all of them not just christians like just that entire space which is a huge huge space we could call it a market because there really is a market share of individuals, influential uh, and resources alike that can can that can really move people and and make change. But they could do it in their ways, and that's kind of what I, I found most interesting about being in that environment. There was that we have now a couple of what I would call like forward thinkers, right? People that maybe would otherwise have to convince maybe their 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 circle to say hey maybe we can get into gaming and we could do it our way and, do, and make a positive impact and that's really what kind of interests me most and, and what drives um me most to kind of get involved in these new spaces is because there is so much potential here to reach these uh these communities that otherwise are not being serviced and you know if you want to connect especially with our youth in today's day and age you got to meet them where they are and i heard that from uh, across the crown gaming but not the way that he's doing it to me the way i interpret that is we got to bring the content directly to these students and i think we do do that by virtual experience because then there's no excuse everyone can join in everyone has a smartphone um if you're in the gaming spaces you understand what discord is and if you don't you'll know by next week because that's where you know that's kind of just what what's bubbling right now for for as far as communication goes so yeah, I think I think the summit was amazing in the sense that we are quite literally at the beginning of such a such a new and positive force starting to take their first steps into this new space and then start to bring their their touch of gaming here and positivity. Um, and John, I mean, like I said, you you quite literally were one of the the most uh, influential and important cogwheels in this whole thing and making this this whole thing happen. So uh, again, thank you, of course, for inviting me. Yeah, and b- before we move on to another topic, you know, let we'll, we'll I'll drop a couple of bullet points just to add value to our listeners. One of the things that we like to do with practice server content again is 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 not just inspire but instruct um, people who are trying to make this happen. I want to encourage some people listening that that is uh, it's difficult to do something like that, but it's more simple than you think. And so, a couple of bullet points on how did this happen? You got to be around the right people, shoulder to shoulder. Um, you just have to. You have to be around winners. And how do you know they're winners? The numbers tell the story. 
You know, like now if you meet someone month one, year one, and their numbers don't tell anything, um, okay, maybe hang with them for a, a year. But but over two years, three years, numbers tell a story. And the next thing you got to do is you really have to, you have to find some people, investors. And, um, and I, that is such an underrated talent, I think, with young content creators today. And a lot, what, what separates people who are able to go high and go low. Even Grant, you know, um, he told some of his story, but him going full-time, he is one of the few streamers I know that actually went full-time, not just with his sub-revenue, um, but with, with a couple sponsors and some like investors into him going live on Twitch. So, um, and the way, how do you get investors? Again, it's the whole winning thing. You just have to prove the concept. You have to be able to articulate through numbers. This is something we do at Practice Server all the time. Javier is a master at this, um, is we're showing clients, here's what we did, here's what we can do, here's what we can do for you. In numbers and, and laying it out for that. And money comes with that. And with money and right relationships, right ideas can go to the top. But, but, and more importantly, as leaders in the space, myself included, it's up to us where we put these, uh, you know, these resources and what, what kind of spaces we build. And if there's anything that you, you probably pick up or learn today about the practice server myself and, and what we're doing, I mean, we love supporting the, the open ecosystems, the, the real uh, scholastic and collegiate spaces, because th- these are quite literally the next generation of me's and grants and john's and just every everyone that's kind of been through this walk of uh this gaming space this this content creation journey over the last couple years right i started when i was 19 i didn't have anyone to look up to i just walked into the space and i share that uh so often because looking back now i thought i knew everything and i didn't know anything all i was was just a a wee little boy in college trying to figure it out a little confident and that's it yeah and um, last thing well, I want to say on this event is is just the impact that was made because I think that's what inspires us as well. Javier, you tweeted something to this end. Um, by building and investing in the esports facility in downtown Minneapolis, they've already had 20 public high schools reach out to them to, uh, to get access uh, for after-school programs, for taking kids off the streets. Um, they've hit their cap of 100 um, esports athletes. They, they, they are giving out scholarships. Um, and really changing the future. They're contacting the Timberwolves, uh, which is the NBA team there who is one of the, has some of the in, uh, initiators around the 2K League, bringing esports into the, uh, into the NBA. So much is, is happening from there that's not just impacting the gaming space, but impacting real people, taking what you love and making um, uh, a difference with it. And, and, and to our, uh, a core of our practice community, I will take credit for this. But uh, of course, Monster always gets half credit for anything that I do in the gaming space. But uh-huh. I, I, I really push them hard when they ask me, what should we do? Make sure Fortnite is one of your collegiate titles because despite the rise of collegiate esports, um, there's a lot of teams that aren't picking up Fortnite because it doesn't fit into some of the traditional ways. But let me tell you, it is their number one attractor to the program. And those players are, are making raw cash, as many of us know, due to the nature of Fortnite. So if anyone is looking to receive a college education, we could probably put you in, in, in some conversations with their team. That's, that's so good. You know, I've never really thought about using my platform to um, outright say, hey, maybe come to me if you have an interest in going to college for professional gaming. But that's right. I, I will also invite you guys to message me because I know tons of people activating and moving into space. However, I also do usually... Tell recruiters, if you want to find someone, I literally give them free promotion amongst our Discord rooms because I'm okay with that. But yeah, the, you know, this shoe fits both ways. Um, 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, well, that was the uh, the Next Gen Innovation Summit, the kickoff, like you called it. We we're calling it year zero there. John decided to call it year one here today. I still want to call it year zero. It really was and is just the beginning. We're trying to figure this out. I think all the folks that were involved recognize how special that was, especially uh, the day flying out, that private just roundtable discussion we had, where it just as leaders really get to speak to some of our problems as leaders in the space, really try to figure it out and then hear, hear and bounce different perspectives. And man, when you have some of the wisest folk in the room there amongst you, you it really does, um, it, it doesn't alienate you. That's, that's what's really cool. You don't feel alienated in those spaces. Instead, you feel welcomed and you yeah. feel heard and you get to, uh, to, to really absorb, become a sponge. Well, we're going to talk um, about two uh, popular platforms, two platforms that are a big deal to us, um, uh, Twitter and Twitch. And um, Grant, again, one of the ways you know you're, he's a winner. Um, uh, at TwitchCon, was in the, uh, the Twitch Partner Golfing uh, event. And um, I, I, for, for sake of brevity, I'm just going to recap the story because I really want to get to the meat of what, what happened with this. But long story short, Grant took a, golf, a golfing game and turned it in, into having the COO of Twitch interviewed on his stream. And um, Grant, I would love to hear some of the high points. We've been talking a lot on this uh, program about the development of Twitch, live streaming space, YouTube versus Twitch, what's coming up. We talked about his train wreck's going to start, his own yep. platform, all these things. So what was it like having the COO of Twitch on your stream? Um, what were some of the insights you gained um, talking to him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it was it was really, really cool. And uh, actually, I'm going to be putting a lot of clips on my Twitter this week. Um, I, I'm, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I clipped them last week and just haven't, haven't been able to put the caption up. So watch Twitter because I think there's going to be a couple of clips that hopefully might go pretty viral um, because I, it was just we got to talk about stuff that I've like, like one of the things we talked about is the relationship between Twitch and Amazon. And Chad was loving it because it's like they never talk about it. You know, I read all these hot takes on Twitter about I called him Big Daddy Amazon. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like all these high. I, I said it to the C. I literally I asked the CMO. I was like, hey, Doug. Twitter thinks that Big Daddy Amazon doesn't care about you guys and that we're going to wake up one day and Twitch is just gone because you're not worth the trouble. Is that true? I mean, we're just having like, I, f I feel really blessed because, you know, Doug and I built a relationship really quickly where like we were like we were getting into it in the interview. I'm going to put the whole thing up on my YouTube soon. Um, yeah, people can check out my YouTube. Uh, that'll be up there this week too. But yeah, it was, it was just a really good conversation. One of the things that Doug said... Um, to me actually pri not privately like not to share but just i don't think it was on the interview is you know i don't think we're gonna see a lot of controversy out of twitch in the next six months because one of the things doug said is he was like like we were talking just when we were getting to know each other and um i had a chance to be in the car with him for 45 minutes just chop shop and one thing he said to me is he said he was like you know grant everything that has been in the news was leaked back in april i don't know if you guys remember this but like all the stuff that like happened, like with the sub split and um, like multi streaming, all of this got leaked back in like April. Okay. And basically, what Doug said is he was like, everything was in the leak. Like, and everything that was leaked has happened. And he was like, so I'm just excited it, that like, I think we made all these changes. And, um, and now, like, basically, the next immediate future. There's not like there's not there shouldn't be like crazy news stories about like Twitch because, you know, they, they made these fundamental changes. And if that makes I thought that was encouraging to hear, you know, because I'm tired of Twitch. Just like I got really frustrated with just all the negativity around it and the news cycle. 
And so I was just encouraged to hear that from Doug, that it was like, look, we had to do some of this stuff. It was controversial, but it's done. It's behind us now. TwitchCon was good, except for the foam pit, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. right. Foam pit, bro. Uh, I didn't get in that. Did you go in that, Javier? I didn't get in that thing, bro. No, I definitely didn't jump in there. But but I want to I jump on what you said there. That is very interesting. Twitch has been the punching bag for so long. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, this was already public news. You know, we live so much in the now. You really forget sometimes, like, like you just said, this already happened. It's old news. But when it's new news, all of a sudden, it, it kind of reignite, reignites this fire and people start fighting back. If Twitch has, you know, let's just say used up all their L's, they've taken them and, and you know, they've, they've obviously had to, had to take it on the chin and continue to walk the walk here. Is there a way for Twitch to start to redeem their reputation here moving out? Because um, I think a lot of the problem of what we've seen, at least with Twitch's recent, uh, all the backlash coming at them, is their timing felt terrible. You had, like, big, great announcements coming out of YouTube, and then you had them kind of tripling and quadrupling down on these changes that were really radical to the users on the platform. Uh, Grant, as a creator on this platform, I, I guess you... I don't want to say maybe you're jaded because you had that that kind of that direct, right? You got to drink directly from the well and and maybe you feel really good about the future of the platform because you got to, you know, kind of chat directly with someone there. Um, but let us maybe speak unbiasedly. Let's just kind of take that relationship out of the equation. Um, do you think other creators can relate to the fact that there's a positive future for Twitch or or do yeah. you think pessimists are, yeah. are really going to take over? No, I'm really glad we're going to talk about this. I mean, here's the deal. Like, I just, I've just never been that impressed by YouTube. Just to be keeping a buck. I, what I, what I, what I have seen is all of these, uh, I'm just going to talk real frankly. Okay. Let's make some content. Is that okay? What, Can I you, hide? you are going to talk frankly. All, what I see on Twitter is I see a bunch of losers who aren't good content creators and, uh, and just a bunch of people that aren't that entertaining who are convinced that the reason that their stream doesn't work is because Twitch discoverability sucks. And and they're getting sold a crock of baloney by people that are making content on YouTube and talking about YouTube is the promised land. And just and, and it's like, here's the deal. I've watched a lot of people. There's only one person I can think of, a good friend of mine named Haylight. Okay, he when I found his Twitch, he was he he had been a partner and then but but then he he stopped playing Warzone. He was down to like thirty or less CCV when I started watching him on Twitch. He went over to YouTube. Now his TikTok blew up from 100,000 to a million, but he also switched from Twitch to YouTube. And, you know, he's probably like 300 to 500 CCV on YouTube now. He's the only guy that I personally have watched where it's like he switched platforms and it blew up. And I would argue it had a lot more to do with TikTok and that integration than the YouTube. Ludwig himself, bro. Did we miss this? Like, why? <laughs> Everybody, I just, the, the, the Twitter news cycle is so dumb. Everybody, you know, Ludwig takes a bag at YouTube um courage you know is like i mean like if you if you listen to what courage has to say about youtube like that dude is just like like i mean it's like i, I love courage he's a great creator right but like the guy is in bed with youtube he's in bed with them you know like I, he was the first guy to go over there like he desperately wants it to work so i just think it's like in a court of law one of the things that you would consider is does this person speaking have any personal biases okay about and and every youtube and creator, that's, that's why i asked you first i said you know Let's remove your relationship. Let's think unbiasedly because I agree with you. Take it people, out. People are, of course, 
self-invested in the platforms that they're on. So of course they're going to champion it. Every person and, jumping and right. on YouTube, of course they're going to say, now that's why I think the Ludwig interview is so interesting because there was just an interview with Ludwig where he said, and I quote, if I was not getting paid to stream on YouTube, it would have been extremely painful to switch. Like, come on. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you can't be successful on YouTube. By the way, here's another thing I'd point out. Name me one innovation on YouTube that wasn't just them copying Twitch features. Like, I mean, it's like everybody talks about YouTube, like they're doing new stuff. Their biggest announcements this year were getting features, redirect, aka raids, gifted memberships, aka gifted subs. So the biggest YouTube features this year that they hyped were stuff that Twitch has been doing for years. So Uh, just to give them their flowers one time, though, they did on their own, uh, through their own creativity, finally parse out creators content so creators don't have to create 10 channels to not ruin their algorithm. So we will we'll give them a, a, a shout out to that. At least they enhance their platform by yeah. this much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One but, of the, like, I'm not trying to dump on it too much, but it's like at the end of the day, if you're going to make a case for YouTube, like that, they're going to take over Twitch. We should get to the point where when I like, like that, I could actually like find live streams on YouTube. It's still, it's still so hard. That's what I, like, that's what I was going to say. They it's just, still so hard to find live content. Like, they just like, added the shorts button. It would be, yeah. not, it's like right here at the bottom. I don't. Mm-hmm. I really don't understand. It blows my mind why they wouldn't just have a add a live feature. Right. Very, very curious to me. Yeah. No. Listen. Twitch. Uh, YouTube still has a long way to go. But like I said, I think their timing with the features and like you said, they they are just carbon copying and 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 tweaking it to their liking to what they can afford on their platform, etc. Where we we see that right, their timing couldn't have been better because Twitch was the punching bag of the internet, and when you're the juggernaut. Of the of the space when you're literally the market shareholder of the live streaming space, yep, yep. you got to be held accountable when you make your mistakes. And and man, the the internet is ruthless, dude. Cancel culture comes at you fast, and that's really what was going on with uh with Twitch here. And they're no saints, man. You know, we, we kind of spoke to the whole mask mandate and how they they will dude they'll they'll jump back so quickly to change things to be you know in the public light and, and appear to be uh perceived positively right as most of these companies do the virtual signaling everywhere is real uh and you know there again there are no saints in that regard but they kind of had to they they needed some they needed some dubs man they have been getting beat up on lately but uh yeah. you you reveal something super super interesting yeah, to me right. still uh and, and i'm going to continue to think on this i think it'll it'll start allowing me to per, you know start viewing twitch's future a lot differently now that it's almost like the the storm has passed right we're just left to pick up the pieces and start to rebuild if twitch can do that then maybe there is a, a some salvation for the platform to where it, you know yeah, it yeah. won't continue to just sink right because that's what it looked like was happening here it looked like a shipping uh, a, a sinking ship for a second but I'll, yeah that's why I like, like literally like when doug said that i was like wow that, that makes because i remember reading the article in april and i'm like yeah. yeah all this was already out there and then it's like you think about well like what what I mean, they, they, it's like now, now they got to figure out ads, but even that, you know, like shout out, like shout out Twitch, this, this ads for partners, this ads thing is pretty dope. You know, <laughs> like, I, I don't think it's getting talked about enough, you know, that like, like I have a new income stream of ad revenue that's coming in because Twitch is doing this ad incentive program for partners. And so right. even something like that, it's like, it was controversial, but I think even as I followed that, like oh, there, I saw a lot of partners that were at least giving Twitch credit and saying like, 
this is like a big deal for us as creators. Like, like, like we're being like, we're, we're getting paid here. Like we're getting a bag here from this. And I've, uh, I've seen a few creators share their revenue numbers yeah. um, for the few thousand viewers and stuff they had. And there were some staggering numbers out there, man, for, for some of the channel sizes. So, uh, Hey man, I'm all, I'm all for our creators getting paid. I hate, I hate the idea of like ads being the, the primary way we do it. Like I would love to, instead twitch you know open up that that capital one money i know i know you guys got the connections there right clearly they're investing in the boost they want to get into the space like why why don't they do all the plugging of the dots almost like agency work bring the deals to the creators they can they can also do that um but i guess they kind of do right they do have that um what's it called the little rewards program like hey play this game uh for 30 minutes and they'll give you like a direct payout so they got something like that but one of the things i asked here that was interesting is i asked him i said is there a world where Twitch could get so good at delivering ads that you could boost the sub split? Because that's how I look at it. Is I'm like, I don't, I, I don't. At the end of the day, Twitch has to make money, right? And right. I don't, I don't think Twitch, I don't think Twitch wants to take fifty percent, right? I don't think there's any reason that, like, like of course, a business like if they could get the the PR of a better revenue split of course they're going to want that you know that's where i just disagree with like a lot of the internet who just think these people are like evil corporate warlords you know it's like no like 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 they're they're humans you know like like i'm like they're they're like they're, there's no there's no built-in incentive for a company to want to look greedy okay they need to make money and they want to maximize their revenue but what i'm saying is like if there is there a world and i asked doug this i said is there a world where you guys could get so good at delivering ads and and kind of change some of the culture of Twitch around ads and do them better, like YouTube does with skippable ads, all this stuff. Um, that because ad revenue, you know, jumps to here, that now you're able to reward creators with a better sub split. And he was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Yes." Like that. Like so. I I think that this I think this whole space is uh, getting figured out. I got to do one one take. Do you guys have a lot of content creators that listen? Is that a lot of the audience yeah. on practice server? Okay. Yeah, we got a lot of everything. Okay, well, we we you mentioned something, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on here, but I, I got to say this. It's one of my, like, soapboxes. Every content creator that's listening right now, like, if you're driving listening to this podcast right now, I, I would find an exit. I would pull over. I would listen to this next 30 seconds, all right? I'm going to change your life. I'm, I'm going to help you actually become a good content creator uh, because we're talking about platforms, right? We're talking about platforms, okay? YouTube, Twitch. How do I grow as a content creator? Is one going to help me grow? Here's the biggest thing that nobody tells you as a content creator. Biggest thing that nobody ever talks about. Ready? Here's the read. Here's the hook. Here's what nobody talks about in the space. And it's why people quit content creation in six months that could have had an incredible career if they made it five years. Here's why. The biggest thing you should think about when you're starting out as a content creator is how am I going to have the bag to be able to do this for a long time? Nobody talks about this. How am I going to have the revenue that I need to do this for a long time? Now, here's why people don't talk about this because... They, they see this as like shaking down their communities are getting greedy and there's some bad streamers out there who are just like, chat, send me money, you know. Uh, duh, 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 duh. I'm not even talking about, you don't even need to generate the revenue from your stream. For me, when I started streaming, I knew I got to keep my job for a while because like I, I, got, I, got, I, got, I got kids to feed, I got a mortgage to pay. And even though I'm doing pretty well on Twitch financially, like I, I, I can't pay all my bills. Even when I went full-time on Twitch, Sean already referenced this. When I went full-time on Twitch, I had to develop multiple income streams. Like we're taking we're taking creators to school right now. Income streams, revenue streams that you're not just all in on like 
If I don't get a thousand subs this month, I can't pay my bills. And I have to start a GoFundMe. Create some revenue streams. You know, like what's a revenue stream? You can drive Uber. You know, you can you 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 can have a you know investment properties. Like like that's 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 a big one. Like as you keep growing, like from the smallest to the small, have another side hustle to the biggest to the big. Sponsorships, going out there and hustling and creating value with sponsors. So I'm just telling you, if you're a content creator, you got to think through this. I would think through way more than what platform I stream on. I would put way more thought into how am I going to generate enough revenue that I can do this for the amount of time that it's going to take for me to blow up? And, and I'll share I'll share one secret too. Maybe maybe you do this one already, uh, preach, but maybe yeah. you don't. Uh, Amazon affiliate links set that up early as a creator. Little do some people know that even the affiliate link, all it takes is to drive traffic to it. They could go on there and then buy diapers. You will make a cut. It's about how you funnel people to the place. And, you know, someone may be looking or start out by looking at, you know, the headphone that you use or your mouse or your keyboard or some odd thing you tweet about. But that affiliate link, getting them to the platform and then allowing Amazon's algorithm to do the rest because they're going to put what that user needs right in front of them. The likelihood of a conversion is so high. That was one of my um, most passive revenue drivers as a creator when I was coming up. And I just shared that with another uh, creator that I'm coaching and I'm on, I'm on a walk with now. So that's, that's Love kind it. of a little side thing, but yeah, man, there's, there's, there's all kinds of ways. And I'm with you. You got to generate these different revenues uh, um, of income, right? Whether it's YouTube, you know, pushing to get that monetization, whether it's Twitch driving subscriptions, affiliate link style marketing, like you said, putting a couple hours into uh, one of those pick and go uh, uh, drive apps or a uh, food delivery apps. Man, there are so many ways to really make it that doesn't, like you said, require you to shake down your most immediate source of income or, or, or uh, foundation of viewers, right? There's ways all around you on that about just like so often like like we're talking about it. it's an important conversation like youtube tiktok like multi like what platform i just think sometimes like the fundamentals get lost for creators and it's like at the end of the day this is a huge investment of your time and in life you you usually trade time for money That's and right. so if you're going to put all your time into this and there's not any money coming in you're not going to be able to do it in the long run and so i just think more than like the platform stuff like you got to figure that out but if you don't have the fundamentals in place of how how am I going to actually do this, you know? If it's just a hobby, it's just a hobby. But, you know, I think a lot of people listen to this podcast, they've got the dream. They want to play video games for a living. I'm getting a little bit now, and awesome. just just a little like as a side note to that, that's like one of my selling points to sponsors in general, especially ones like the collegiate spaces where I'm like, hey, it only takes one tournament, right, for you to convince someone or two students to go to your school and all of a sudden you're getting all the tuition fee and you know, not only are you changing their lives because you're going to impact them in a positive way, but you've made your money back that you invested in this like event spaces. Um, so there's tons of ways to even market and, and really use your funds. A, a lot of people look at esports and, and, and the place of esports as a, as a big old money pit, but it's only when you're in the, uh, that, that, I don't know, trying to build an organization, if you will, and, and sign players for tens of thousands of dollars. You literally don't have a game plan. Your game plan is uh, accept investor money, try to grow big numbers and then yes. sell it or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Be the next NFL. But, you know, you, you need a, You need a big, big strategy and roadmap in yeah. place. Well, um, we are coming up to the close of the program. We're going to hit a couple of quick things um, uh, as, as we wrap up here uh, prevalent to the gaming space. Final word I want to I want to say kind of in summary of of what was just shared is the best part about what was just uh talked about 
was Twitch uh, reaching out to the community in a very direct way. So we want to commend them for that. But the thing that I want to um, uh, indict them on is is kind of only doing it because a really bold guy played golf with someone. And I'm like, I just, my appeal to Twitch and to any large company is you need to listen to the people and you need to be amongst the people. And, 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 and obviously there's some very like um, nuanced reasons that we can pick apart as to why YouTube has such a great PR, but, 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 but that's human relations, man. And I just, I just really think you've seen it with Blizzard Activision, a company that has just dragged people through the dirt and therefore their name has been dragged through the dirt. Um, specifically with the game World of Warcraft, which is 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 definitely seeing a resurgence uh, here in the fall of 2022. One of the things that you have seen is Ian, who is their game director, the head of all of World of Warcraft, has literally been making himself available and available and available to smaller and large content creators. And I just really think Twitch would do so well to like continue to do what what they did with Grant um, because their communication just is is, is terrible and yeah, communication sucks 100. And so they they so it's encouraging. But then I'm I'm challenging them. I'm like, you know, let's let's do more of it. So, okay, quick hits as we wrap up the program. There's a lot that we could talk about when it comes to Twitter. Twitter is a very important platform to the gaming space, um, to the gaming space. And um, let's just for the sake of time and just focus, let's talk about changes to the platform as it operates. Not all that went into it changing or some of the geopolitical relational aspects of it, although that would be fascinating to talk about. Uh, Twitter Blue unlocked verified badge. Um, uh, it, now, uh, editing tweets will be more common. Elon Musk has already told us we're going to get uh, longer form uh, tweets. Uh, the rise of Twitter blue also means longer form videos. I saw a large person uh, tweet a full episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. So, what are <laughs> e- each of you give give a couple thoughts on 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 how Twitter will change as a platform? Okay, I I will. You said so many great things, and I'm going to talk about what I think is going to be the scariest piece that no one is speaking about on social media. There is this new, um, uh, uh, this new future in front of us where Elon Musk, I think, is doing is leading this future, and it's going to be one that's going to be very, very negative. The the fact that you are paying for a subscription and you are only going to get half the ads, I believe this is the first and earliest steps of normalizing more algorithmic driven advertisements to the entire population which is a problem to me it's it's so just icky the idea of normalizing ads in our spaces to date name another place that has uh, tried to put a subscription model in front of someone and then still put ads in front of that person outside of traditional paying for tv and you got commercial breaks between your segments of content it is like they are taking that model and bringing it to this space and soon i think it's going to populate all of the platforms the moment they see that they can get away with it that's my biggest problem right now and i agree with all your positives but the normalizing of advertisements in all of our spaces is just gross well well, and, and to be fair i don't even know if anything i said is positive though I really don't. They're just some True. of the features. I don't. Those like, are just features. You're yeah, right. I really don't know how they're going to shake out, but I think that 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 nails it. The only one I can think of is I think Peacock does this. They offer a mid tier subscription for ads, but I, I but I, I agree with you. It, it's it's terrible precedent. Grant, couple thoughts on on Twitter as a platform and 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 uh, content creation device. Here's so look more and more hot takes. All right, like you know everybody's whining about Twitter right now and. Uh, you know, here's the deal. Twitter's losing a ton of money. 
Now, why you would pay $44 billion for something that's losing a lot of money is just one of those like Wall Street things that I'll never fully understand how rich people work. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, oh, we're losing. I think they're losing tens of millions of dollars a day. I think I think their burn rate is tens of millions of dollars a day. And Elon's like 44 bill. That's perfect. Right. So but Twitter's Twitter's losing a ton of money right now. OK. And so they, they made two moves. One, they fired a lot of people. Two, they're 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 trying to like monetize Twitter Blue better and do better with ads, and 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 everybody on Twitter is just pissed off about all of it, and it's just like you guys are idiots. Like I, I just I don't get it. Like 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 facts are facts. You know, I wish I could live in a fantasy world where corporations didn't have to make money. I wish I could live in that fantasy world. It'd be great. I would love to live in a fantasy world where I don't have to make money. That'd be great. Like I would love to not have to worry about a sub count every month and not have to worry about sponsors. I don't live in that fantasy world. Nobody does. Corporations have to make money to exist. I want Twitter to keep existing. Like, I love Twitter. I'm addicted to it. I want them to exist forever. And so if you're losing money, you have to fire people or you have to make more money. You know, forget fire people. You have to cut expenses or you have to increase revenue. Right, Javier? You run a business. Right. It's basic. If I if my business isn't doing well financially, my P&L doesn't look good, I have to decrease expenses. I have to increase revenue. Twitter is doing two things on both ends. They're trying to decrease their expenses by firing people. They're trying to increase their revenue with Twitter blue and ads. And it's like, now, are they making perfect moves? I don't know. But it's like, those two moves, generally speaking, it's not like, it's not like Elon was like, how do I fix Twitter? Um, you know, let me, let, I, you know, I don't know. Like, those are like the most basic moves you could make. The most basic moves you can make to fix a business that isn't making money is cut expenses, maximize revenue, right? And so now, Javier, I'm with you on like, I think that what they need to figure out is what's the best way to maximize revenue, right? And um, and how do they do that? Well, Twitter ads just suck in general. Probably Twitter ads are like the only Twitter ads I, I see the most random promoted stuff. Like I block, I I kid you not, I block most promoted uh, profile accounts that come at me. They have nothing to do with my interests. And Elon did speak to that. Just FYI, he okay. said that uh, advertisements right now are viewed so just they look down upon because they're they're, they're not targeted uh accurately or correctly to anyone's interest but he said ads should really come and feel like just better or, or great content on the timeline he said a good ad is just another form of good content which you see already like the, and that's the interesting thing about the way twitter works the people you follow can share what they like and usually you kind of like it because you guys have that same interest so the ads are almost going to start being geared and tailored in a way that you're probably gonna like them so I, I think if he does what he thinks he's doing and he's onto a very crazy idea here correctly, he's gonna he's gonna really drive up that that the, that ad interaction, which is fine. But like I said, my only problem is normalizing paid subscriptions with advertisements included. Like 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 I, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, that that's such a good point about like usually we that's like to, that's like, like in two yeah. years from now, Twitch is like Oh yeah, by the way, hey subs, you know how in the past you subbed, you didn't get any ads? No, nah, no, nah, you only get half now, bro. Don't worry about it. Like because it becomes normal and all the platforms start to do it, and then like what are you gonna do? You can't run from there, right? Like if everyone did it. Hundred percent. Yes. I, I had not thought about that, Javier. That like cause because I've been a Twitter blue member for a while and I did still see ads and I was a little confused. And so now they're 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 saying like, hey, it's a reduction in ads, not removal of ads. That's fascinating. I really hope Twitch is not like watching that because that if that works. <laughs> if that I'll, I'll think about it all the big mega billion platform these guys are like huh he's getting away with that huh? I just, yeah. I, I, here's okay what I everybody pull the trigger don't forget most of these places they own all of them dude they, there's a there's a, a deep deep yeah. web you know disney's got like 
20 companies that are like at the top of the, you know, probably the Fortune 500, probably more than that. Who knows? But, you know, it's crazy stuff, dude. Well, Why don't we ask a question in a second? I want to talk about the check mark. But somebody in my chat did just say Twitter's a joke dead in five years. And I think it's interesting because, like, and I, I don't agree with that, but I think what's interesting is that I do think that we are going, I think there's just going to be a new generation of social media companies born soon. Like the legacy social media companies are meta. Like, I was just thinking about this. I'd never thought about this until somebody said that. It's like, yeah, maybe Twitter does die, but you know what? Meta, freaking Facebook is dying. Like, like, and that's normal in these industries is like, I just, I hadn't thought about that before, but I'm like, I just think the, these legacy, like they're all struggling. Facebook's getting killed. You know, Snapchat's not making any money. I, they're getting, they're all struggling, which means that something new is probably going to emerge. And um, that'll be interesting to watch. Are we paying for the check mark? I don't have a check mark. Javier, you have a check mark. Legit. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm like, a, I'm one of the old legacy owners of the check mark. So do, uh, you, do you get it for free? Is that, is that how that, are they grand? No, no, we, we got to pay. We got to pay. You Everyone's going to have to pay, yeah. And if you don't pay, a piece of information was revealed, uh, you will just get shadow banned, basically. Your uh, your tweets will not be prioritized. Anyone with a checkmark will be. So there, there is some gross stuff kind of in the mix there. So you is basically kind of... No, we need to try it out, right? Everybody hates well, on I, it. I like what he's talking about, though. I think there is merit behind the idea of... I think there's merit behind the idea of um, the, the, you are so much more likely to just launch a hate account because it's free and you're, you know, there's nothing shadow banning your comments from you just saying something just out of pocket, dude. And then people hate wagoning right behind it and, you know, all that kind of stuff, it, or maybe spreading misinformation. But once you're behind the, the, the verified badge or, you know, just behind this paywall, there's going to be a, a, a mega decrease in, in bot interaction, most likely. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, it is interesting. There's there's just such a double-edged sword, though. I don't know what side of the fence this is all going to fall on, though, at the end of the day. And we, you guys can uh, bet that we'll be talking about Twitter uh, oh, we're gonna be for the months months to come. Um, I'm going to ask each of you um, a question. Each three of us are going to close a program by reporting on an upcoming, uh, upcoming game um, and event that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to each of you um, that just recently transpiring. Uh, last note on Twitter, something that I'm really keeping my eyes on is um, one of his early tweets becoming the owner was asking people how they would feel like if he revived Vine. And um, I think that would be very interesting. Uh, to use a Gary Vaynerchuk term, there would be a lot of arbitrage. Um, and that platform, I think it would be a very, uh, very exciting thing. Um, okay, so... Um, we're going to end with yours, Javier, because it's the most pertinent to our company and something that we're about to do. Grant, we're going to start with you. Um, Apex Legends just released a new season. You were pushing um, towards uh, a higher ranking. You didn't hit it, but you tried really hard. Quick thoughts on the new Apex update. I'm only seeing good things. I don't know why you needed to let the whole audience know that I didn't hit that. <laughs> I don't know why that was like important to have in there. He's still like, working I, at it. I finished at Diamond 2. I didn't hit Masters. Um, I just didn't start early enough. I will be masters this season. I will be masters. Um, and yeah, the new map is great. I mean, I, I, here's what I'm saying. I have no opinion about apex and its future until Warzone two drops because, okay. um, it, 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 I, like a lot of what I read on Twitter today is like, we get one new map a year and there should be like the hype around a new map should be enough to sustain it for a little bit. But we may have seen peak apex. I, I I might be in the camp of we've seen peak apex because last year was peak apex. I think I could be wrong. Last year, Nikki Merckx came over. Um, a lot of like Warzone basically died a year ago. You know, like uh, like three months after 
it didn't die, but like three months after Caldera dropped, you know, like it was it was all rebirth content basically, right? And um Apex really benefited from that and and but I think like OW I, I it's just gonna be interesting. I, I I think Apex is it's a great game. It has a great audience still. I'm not dropping it anytime soon. I personally love I've never had more fun playing Apex. I, I guess I should just say that. As a player, I've never had more fun. Like I'm learning a new legend, I'm learning the new map. I'm having a ball playing the game right now. As a streamer, I'm definitely a little bit concerned that that that, that Warzone Two could could be. We'll see, man. If Warzone Two's a hit, um, I know John's gonna want me to play some Warzone with him. You know, if it's a hit, I think it's it, it might be tough for Apex. So there's a lot of competition out there right now, and where you see how it goes. But if you haven't tried the new map, I think it's super fun. Everybody should play it. Super fun. Love it. Um, I'm bringing you. Uh, update on the League of Legends World Championships that wrapped up last night. I stayed up until uh, almost 2 a.m. Eastern. A little too late. A little too late watching it, but um, it was a game five uh, with the top, uh, um, uh, with obviously the, the top two teams. Uh, both of these is the second seed in the LCK um, and the uh, fourth seed. Uh, so T1 versus DRX. T1 is um the home of um the most winningest they're the most winningest team in all of league of legends uh, facing up against drx which is really known as a underdog they went all the way to game five and um it was really really fun to watch and it, it culminated in drx winning worlds shocking everybody wow. uh putting uh the demon faker uh, is what they call him faker it, it, it honestly like i feel like he is probably the most transcendent league of legends player by far that has done so much for the gaming space last thing i want to point out in it really what was shocking about it and it's always so underrated i feel like about league of legends you talk about games dying games winning games losing is it a comp uh uh audience is it casual is it you know what what is it um, but the uh viewership here uh peaked out at 5.1 million viewers the Twitch Ooh. peak was uh, 2.8 million viewers of the uh, World uh, League of Legends. Uh, I've seen that. Even on Twitch. On Twitch. And then 1.7 on YouTube Gaming. Um, the breakdown is 1.6 million of that was English-speaking audience, um, Korean audience. Think about this. Korean audience alone was 1.2 million. Spanish-speaking wow. audience was 855,000. Um, and obviously, because of... Um, the way the world is, this does not include any Chinese audience or viewership numbers because we were not able to track that. But massive, massive gaming. Of course, it took place here in NA. And of course, as it goes for League of Legends, no NA team was found anywhere near the scene of the crime. <laughs> we have never made it past groups in League of Legends. So, um, But to close out the program, uh, Monster, we've got fncs raleigh this weekend you're gonna be yes, sir. up there on it what are you excited about what do you need people to know heading into this Ooh. event oh man talking about like all right so na for Fortnite. fortunately for us is one of those places that we can compete at the top but i am nervous we have a majority eu presence coming into the Fortnite fncs championship uh, a land invitational that's going on this uh, this next week to come. Tune in Saturday, Sunday. I will be rocking the mic and the stadium. That's right. It's going to be uh, the first major lands to return officially under Epic's uh, belt since the Fortnite World Cup. So this is an absolute 
uh, a monumental day for the return of lands for Fortnite. I hope he goes well. Um, what I want to say is, dude, I just hope, and I and I genuinely mean this. I hope some teams from NA, at least two of them, come out inside the top ten when it's all over. Because if it doesn't happen, we're gonna get scrubbed through the mud. And and hey, man, we got great players. You know, we got Bugo, we got Miro pairing up together. We got we have some demons that are coming in here. But EU is just so good and they've been in tip-top shape so man next week's gonna be explosive we have all walks of uh, representation asia brazil middle eastern also invited oce as well and it's it's gonna be amazing so please tune in to the fncs invitational next weekend i will be casting it's gonna be sick yeah prac boys will be in the building um as well myself a ton, a bunch of our team will be there so we, we hope to interact with any of you guys watching live right now or listening back to this Please come say hi. That was another really fun aspect. The event we just wrapped up in Minneapolis was getting to interact with some of the practice server community that we didn't even really know was in Minneapolis, but we know you're there now. It's been a great program. Grant, thank you so much for taking time out of your nightly stream. Shout out to everybody over there on twitch.tv forward slash preacher guy. Um, and uh, let's close it out. Yes, Love sir. You guys. Yes, sir. Super fun. Thanks for the invite, Javier. Hey, you gonna? I can't wait to watch the broadcast. I didn't know you were you were casting. That's awesome. What a what a uh, W, man. What a W. So look forward to watching it, John. Thanks for the invite. Love you. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk again soon, guys. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As always, guys, send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's installation episode, brought to you by all the boys here on the desk, man. It has been a fun one. Y'all get a slightly longer one than usual. So we'll see y'all next week. We'll see you guys with the post recap. And uh, until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory alls. Peace, man. Yeah.